0: Welcome to our podcast here at Encounter Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We pray that as you listen to this message, you will not only be challenged, but changed. Our desire is to be a place where life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. If you're in our area, join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. and every first Wednesday at 6.45 p.m. For more information about our church, you can visit us at EncounterChurch.today or follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Periscope. Just search e VR. We invite you now to open your hearts to receive what God has for you. Here's today's message. On your heart, we're going to pray for you today. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just pray that you would touch our hearts and lives. God, we came in perhaps one way that we need to leave a changed way. And God, we know right now that you're the the change maker, that you're the transformer. And God, we pray God right now that you would do a transformation in each and every one of our hearts and lives today, that God, we would not be the same, but God, that you would touch us and change us. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Shout amen in the house. Come on, high five two people around you. Say light the night, light the night. Light the night just really quickly is a great opportunity that we have. We we used to host a big fall fest here at the church and that was great and we had hundreds of people that came. But it was just a big event and then afterwards it was over and, and we never have seen anyone come to our church as a result of that. And we really thought, man, how can we Use our time and energy, if you can turn me down a little bit, Fred that we' going. how can we use our time and energies just to be more effective? So what we do now is we take full fest into the neighborhoods, into the areas. so if you want to be a host house we 're going to give you everything that you need to host. We just need your house we 're going to give you the candy we 're going to give you the chairs, tables, anything that you need the food, everything is going to be provided. We just need you to host a house, and when the kids come and the parents come we 're going to have special invites made that we can invite every child and every parent to church and just really believe that God's going to move. And we've had people come from last year, and we're believing for that this year, so help us with that. Come on, say with me, Bible greats. Bible greats. greats. About four years ago, we realized that not everyone knew... All the Bible stories. I I, I was brought up in Sunday school. I know the stories inside and out, backwards, forwards. In fact, if you mention the name of a story, man, boom, my mind goes right through it and I, I can play it all out. And there's a problem sometimes with that that we can jump to the end and we can miss the process. We can miss what God is doing in the middle of the struggles or the oppositions or the attack. And for some of you, you don't know these stories. So every October we make a commitment where we go back and we talk about Bible greats, the stories from the Bible. It's like going back to Sunday school. Sunday school in October at the church. And, and I'm really loving this series. I always do. It's one of my favorite series, I think, throughout the year that we do because we see such great results and people come alive. And wow, did Christy Hamby preach or what last Sunday night? Wow. She said that, hey, I I was nervous. She said, coming after pastor. I'm like, gee, thanks. I'm nervous coming after you. And what a great word that she broke. But it's so exciting that we can read stories like Bible stories. And we can still see today the life implication and the change that they can bring today to our lives, to our situation. It's not just Daniel in a lion's den. I find myself in lion's den sometimes. I need to know the secret that's going to see me through. Come on, God didn't say always he was going to deliver me from the pit. God said he was going to deliver me in the pit. Come on. And so I need to know I'm going to face some giants in my life. I need to have that confidence that David said, you come to me with a spear and a sword. I come to you in the name of of the Lord. I need to know, like Esther, when it feels like the back's against the wall and my people are going to be killed and persecuted, I need to have that confidence to say, maybe I was put on this earth for such a time as this. I need to know these things because the same God for them is the same God for me. The same God that worked in their lives and used them is the same God that can use me. Do you think the people of the Bible feel like you do? Do you think they thought, how could God ever use me? I bet David did. Come on, he didn't have a great track record. But the Bible says, he's a man after the heart of God. And God can use you if you will just surrender your life. Today I want to look at an awesome story called The Walls of Jericho. What a great story, The the Walls of Jericho. Let me give you some background. The children of Israel have left Egypt. God worked miracles, plagues. They were delivered by the mighty hand of God. But as like so many of us, we go through the deliverance, but then we find ourselves losing faith. We find ourselves losing heart. We find ourselves questioning God. And when God says, I want you to go, they're like, we can't. We're not strong enough. We're not able. They saw the opposition instead of the God. So for 40 years, they found themselves wandering around a wilderness. God then says, it's time to enter. It's time for you to step into the promise. Aren't you glad that no matter how many years you've wandered around a wilderness, God still has a promise for your life. God still has a plan for your life. But what did they do? God didn't deliver the promise to them. God opened the door and they had to go and fight for their promise. They had to possess. Say with me, possess. They had to take claim of their promise and fight for it. And that's what God wants to give us the strength to do. And standing in their way of the wilderness and the promise was the River Jordan. It was flood stage. About a mile wide the river was at that particular time. And God says, no problem, just tell the priest to go forward. And as their feet hit the water, God parted the water and they walked through on dry ground. Say with me, dry ground. ground. It wasn't mud, it was dry ground. And now, through the river, now their first obstacle that they would face in their promises, Jericho. Jericho. Jericho was a big obstacle because Jericho was a great fortified city. A major opposition. Joshua chapter 6 is where we're going to be most of the day from. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1 says this, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Jericho was actually one of the... Most ancient cities on the earth of that time. With fortified walls up to 25 feet tall. But those walls were, in most places, 20 feet thick. But it wasn't the largest of cities. It was about, they would say, about seven acres of what we would have now. So what would happen is a large portion of the people of Jericho would actually live in the hillside or the countryside around The city. But when there was any sign of attack, when there was any sign of danger, they would go into, they would retreat into the walls of the city. So here they are. It says, Jericho was tightly shut up. The people have retreated behind their walls and they're afraid. Joshua, before they go to attack Jericho, he actually sent spies into. Check it out and see what was happening. Spies went to the house of Rahab, and if we would just look at this for a few moments because you need to see something and hear what was the word on the street in Jericho. And we see in Joshua chapter 2, beginning in verse 9, Rahab says, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. New Living Translation says it this way, everyone is living in terror. Everyone is living in absolute fear. Verse 10, for we have heard how the Lord your God, He dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you totally destroyed. As soon as we heard these things, what? Our hearts melted. I like how the New Living Translation says it. No wonder, after hearing those things, our hearts melted. No wonder, man, our hearts have melted. Neither did there remain any courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, He is the God in heaven above and the earth beneath. Here they are, shut up, totally afraid. But yet if we would research and look, they are holding on to false hope. What do I mean, false hope? The Canaanites had many gods. In fact, that was a custom of many of the kingdoms and the nations of the world back then. They had many gods that they would worship. In fact, they almost had a god for every occasion and for everything. So the Canaanites, even though they're terrified, even though they know this god is a bad dude, they recognized this. They saw Israel's god as the god of nature. Why? Because he had opened the Red Sea. He had opened The Jordan, it was an act of nature. They regarded and says, wow, he can do that. They also regarded Israel's God as being, what? A war God. Why? Because Sigon and Og, they had been totally defeated. They defeated the Amorites. Okay, he's a mighty God. But listen to me, they did not consider the God of Israel to be a fortress God. They thought that they were safe inside of their walls. They thought that no one, even the God of Israel, would be able to prevail against their walls, against their fortress, against what they had put up. But they would soon see. God was a fortress God too. And in fact, they would discover that God was superior to any and every God that they had and any and every other God of this world. And in fact, they would discover that God was invincible, Amen. that none stood like Him. So here's the point of the message today, point number one. What walls have you built up? What walls have you built What do I mean by that? We can hide behind them and they can become our God. We can hide behind these walls. We can look at God and say, oh God, I know you can do this. And and God, I know you can do it. But man, this hurt that I've been through, many of us blame God for those kind of things. So instead of allowing God to be the healing in our lives, we build up walls. That abuse, God, why would you let me go through that? It's amazing, just even the mind of a child. We were in LSU last night, and Duke's grandson, Matthew, he said, man, we need to pray for the rain to stop. And it kept raining, and he was like, God, why don't you stop the rain? And we're like that in our lives, aren't we? We're like, well, I guess God's not caring about me, and and I guess God doesn't worry about this. So what do we do? We build up a wall, and we say, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to protect myself. And then what happens? When any trouble comes or if things come against us, where do we go? We retreat into our walled city. We retreat within ourselves and we hide behind our walls. Look at this statement. We must watch that the walls we build for protection don't become prison walls that hold us captive. We've got to watch this In our lives, because wow, we may feel safe inside of them, but from the other side, it sure looks to me like you're in a prison right there, and that you're held captive to those things, that you're a slave, that you're under the bondage of those things. It's amazing. The things that we try to build against become the stronghold and the bondage that we face the most in each and every one of our lives. You see, the problem with walls is this are you ready? Walls stop everything. They don't just stop the hurt, they stop the love. They don't just stop the bad, they stop the good too. Well, I'm safe. Nothing's getting through. I said nothing is getting, nothing can penetrate. And so what happens in our safety, our safety becomes a curse. Back to the people of Jericho. Here's something I saw when I studied this message. I want to ask you a question. Are you ready? Were they living in peace behind their walls? No, they weren't. They had no courage. Their hearts had melted. They were terrified. They weren't sleeping. They were broke down, they were destroyed, they were negative, they were losing hope, there was nothing. Now listen, listen, isn't it amazing how the enemy convinces us that as long as you retreat inside of your walls, you're going to be okay. You've got to do that for your safety, you've got to do that for your future. But hold on a second, look at that dungeon that you're in. You're terrified, you're broken, you're fearful, you're afraid. You're not living in the abundance of God. God. But the enemy tells you that's the only hope you have. If you want victory in your lives, that's where you have it. Come on, he deceives us to think that we're better off behind our walls. We live in a society today that says feelings rule. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I don't care what your feelings tell you right now, because your feelings will lie to you. All that matters is what God says. And God says that you're an overcomer. God says that you're victorious. God says that you're great and mighty. God says I'm your strong tower. God says, you've got to run into me. But the world wants us to run into self, feeling sorry for ourselves. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. Everyone else is doing it. It's okay for me. I'm going to follow my feelings and emotions. How's that working out? People are popping more pills than they ever have. People are drinking energy drinks to make it through the day. Why? Because they ain't sleeping at night. We're tortured. We're prisoners. We're in bondage behind our walls. And the walls that we put up for protection, we are miserable. We are miserable. You know the worst prisons in this world? They're the ones with no bars. (laughs) I go to the prison every month and they know they can't get out. There's a fence, there's bars, there's locks. But the worst prisons that we're in is the prison of our mind. The prison of our own making. We're free, but yet we're living in a bondage. Consumed in our own mind. Consumed in our own emotions. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. We are humans, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy the false arguments. Come on, that's the walls that we find ourselves in. Verse 5, we destroy every proud obstacle, every fortress, every wall, come on, that is keeping us from what? Knowing God. That's what those things are doing. We think we're safe, but we're isolating ourselves away from God. It's a sin that's a barrier between you and God. Now we're living in fear for what reason? Because we have a partial knowledge of God, but we don't have a true revelation and relationship with God. I'm telling you right now, you ready? God doesn't want you to know Him. God wants you to love Him. Big difference. Because you can know someone and have nothing to do with them. God wants you to love Him. Why? Because when you love Him, you will give everything to Him. Heart down. Verse 5 in the New King James says this, casting down every argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the... Knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. What is that? What God knows to be truth. What God says is right. His word. We fight against His word while we're living in our walls, in our prison, in our fortress. Verse 5, reading on, says we capture their rebellious thoughts. Come on, we've got to take captive that which wants to control us. We've got to take back our lives today. I'm telling you right now. God wants you to take back your life, your family, your future, your health. It's coming back. God's restoring it right now. We've got to capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them what? To obey Christ. Literally taking my thoughts, taking my life to Christ. Giving it to Christ. Placing it in the victory of Christ. What is the victory of Christ? It is finished. He died upon a cross. He said, I've accomplished it all. I've made it all possible for your life. But yet we put up walls, 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 walls. Come on, walls must come down. If you allow Him to be complete God of your life and the Lord of your life, you've got to pull down some walls. Here's what I've discovered. Are you ready? Many people want a Savior, but very few people want a Lord. They want Him to save them, but they they want to keep living how they're living. They want to keep doing what they're doing. My God, listen to me. You can't live like hell and expect the rewards of heaven. And I love you enough to tell you the truth today. You can't live in those walls because those walls are keeping God out from your life. We want Savior. But we need both. He's got to be both Savior and Lord of our lives. You know, I, I realize right now we haven't even entered into the story to, yet. But as I was preparing this, the Lord spoke to me, I really believe, and this is what I put down. We cannot enter into the fullness of God. We cannot enter into the story and the future of our lives if we're prisoners behind our own walls. We've got to deal with the walls first because we're full of fear. We're terrified. We're miserable. You've got to realize today that God has got a future for you. What appears to be an obstacle today is going to be an opportunity for God to move in your life and to touch your life. So here they are, like many and most perhaps today. They are locked up, retreated inside their walls, terrified and afraid. Joshua chapter 6, verse 2 through 5. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Its king and the mighty men of Valor, You shall march around the city, all you men of war, and you shall go around the city once. And this you shall do for six days. Say with me, six days. days. And seven priests shall sound seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. But on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. Say with me, seven times. times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpets, that all the people shall shout with a great shout then the walls of the city will fall down flat and the people shall go up every man straight before God man I love it I love the promise that God has for your life I said I love the promise that God has for your life point number two are you ready there's victory in God there is victory in oh I I don't know pastor there is victory in God And there's not just a victory, there's your victory in God. Your family can be saved in God. Come on, your finances can be turned around in God. Your health can be restored in God. You can have a new walk and a new talk when you are in God. God can change your life. Everything about you, your victory is in God. But listen, your victory is in God even when God does things in a crazy way. In a crazy way. Because last time I checked, you don't destroy and defeat a fortress by walking around it. But the only thing you're going to accomplish is you're going to make yourself dizzy. You're just going to go round and round and round. And in the natural, many times we can look and say, how can there be victory in that? But you've got to look again. They thought, there's no way that there can be victory through us walking around and round. But I'm telling you, God had a plan. God's plan is victory. What did he say had to go before them? Here's what he told them. He said to them, what had to go before them was the priest with the trumpets and the ark of God. So what went before them? Praise and the presence of God. Come on, you've got to see that. Praise, the trumpets. It was a symbol of praise. And the ark of God was the presence of God. So we have a picture of the ark. What you've got to realize is this. The ark of God had cherubim on top of it. These cherubim were in a state of worship. Their wings would touch across the top. But in between the two cherubim was what was known as the mercy seat of Christ. What would happen in those days was the presence of God would literally rest in between those cherubim on what was known as the mercy seat of God. A cloud, the Bible said, would be there at day. And fire, a pillar of fire at night. Whenever the cloud moved or the fire moved, the children of Israel were to go, and wherever it stopped, they were to place the ark. That was the presence. They were to lead and be led by the presence of God. And as I read this story, I realized there's no mention of the cloud, wow. there's no mention of the fire. And God has given them strict instructions and He's saying to them, you need to go, but will they follow Him? Man, will you follow God when you don't see Him at work in your life? Come on, because sometimes He has to be removed from in front of you to go behind you. And sometimes we don't always understand it, but will you trust God at His word? Come on, well pastor, I don't see it. You see, when the children of Israel faced the Red Sea, they were hemmed in. The Red Sea was in front of them. They had mountains on each side and Pharaoh's army was behind them. If there was ever a time in their life they needed the presence and the power of God, it was at this time. But yet they looked and the presence of God left them. Went behind them. What, God? Can you imagine what was going through their mind? Moses comes to God and he says, God, what are we going to do? God says, go forward. They're looking at a Red Sea. God says, go forward. God was saying, would you trust me through the impossibilities? You see, the problem we have, here's the problem. Can I just help you? We have a problem as Christians. Because we pay our tithes and come to church, we think we own God. We think we manipulate God, that we control God. So because we do all those things, we say, okay, God, now I want you to do this miracle for me. But God says, no, you've got to go forward. Well, well, God, you just do it and then I will. No, God says, you do it and I will. (laughs) What's going to produce miracles in your life? Are you ready? Obedience and faith obedience and faith is what produces, well, pastor, I don't see it, but what does God say? Go forward. What does God say? Trust me. What does God say? A lamb for my house. My family's going to be saved. What's the promise God's given me? I've got to go forward even when I don't see it and I feel like God's gone. And where are you, God? I've got to walk by faith and not by sight. Are you with me in the house? And if you haven't arrived, you never will if you quit. Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary while... Doing good for in due season. When's my season coming? I don't know, but it's due. Amen. It's coming. It's, it's not yet, but it's on its way. Come on, in due season, we're going to reap if we what? We don't lose heart. Come on, I'm getting out of this today. What does the Bible tell us? Are you ready? You're going to reap if you first sow. You've got to sow first. And you've got to keep your seed in the ground. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, keep your seed in the ground. And when you think that God has failed you and left you, come on, He has gone behind you because He is confusing and messing with the enemy. Come on, Pharaoh's army that came. God put a barrier between His people and the enemy and He confused them and messed with them. Don't tell me that God ain't doing something. You may not see it, but I'm telling you right now, God is moving because God, the Bible says, He neither slumbers nor sleeps. Come on, He doesn't have to rest, He never gets faint, He never grows weary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Now, here we are in a similar situation. God, where are you? I, I, I don't see your presence, but you're telling us to walk six times. And on the seventh day, seven times. God, where are you? I've got to see you. I've got to feel you, God. No, you've got to listen to God. If you ever got GPS in your car, it will give you directions. And it doesn't say, good job, you're on the right path. But it will tell you when you need to turn. Anyone with me on that? It will give you enough advance notice and we can be on a pathway and we're like, God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? God said, I've already told you what to do and when there's a change that's needed, I'll let you know. (sighs) Well, I'm not seeing breakthroughs in my family. Keep being the spouse. Keep being the mother. Keep being the father that you need to be. Well, I'm not seeing my boss change. Well, show up for another day and believe God and show up for another day. Keep doing what God has called you to do. Second Corinthians five seven for we walk by faith and not by sight and you live in translation says it this way I love it for we live by believing and not by seeing I think some of you need to write that that needs to be your the verse of your season right now God I'm going to live by believing not what I'm seeing in my life Hebrews eleven verse one now faith is the substance of things hoped for I haven't got it yet but there's a hope that is coming. And it's the evidence of things not yet seen. It's the confidence and assurance I can have even though I don't have it right now. Come on, we've got to live a life that follows praise in the presence of God. Yeah. We've got to trust God with everything we have. You've got to sing when there appears to be nothing. You've got to follow when you feel like you are lost and forsaken. Shout with me, day one. Day one. Day one. Day one. I'm telling you right now, we're probably going to go over with this message right now. Joshua 6, Joshua 6, 10, 11. Now Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout. Then you shall shout. So he and the ark of the Lord circled the city, go around in it once. Then they all came back to the camp and they lodged the night. Day two, three, four, five and six, they did the same thing. Point number three, shut up. I can't believe he said the S word in church. Shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up. I believe this is a real important thing that we need to see in this story for two reasons. Number one, the reason we need to shut up is because we need to quit responding to the enemy. Too many of us are responding to the enemy. What do you think the enemy said to them when they were marching around all in their battle gear and they were blowing a trumpet, no one was saying anything? I mean, what do you think the enemy was shouting at them when they walked past? Do you think the enemy was saying, hey, I like your haircut, nice shoes, where'd you get that? No, the enemy was saying things like, what's wrong with you guys? You're afraid of us? We see how your God is. He was the God of nature. He was the God of war. But he can't whoop us in this fit city. See who you are. Where's your God now? You think you're going to beat us and destroy us? You're nothing. Can you see the insults and the attack that the enemy is throwing at them? And that's exactly what happens in our lives. Every day the enemy wants to fill us with lies. He wants to say, oh, you'll never be free. He wants to tell you, you'll never have your breakthrough. God can never use you. And the problem is, so many times we respond to Him. If you want to know if your enemy is lying to you, are his lips moving? Because if the devil's lips are moving, he is... Lion, We used to sing a song years ago that said victory, victory shall be mine. If I hold my peace shut up and let the Lord fight my battles all I've got to do is sing and shout come on and have faith and never doubt victory, victory shall be Now, You see the enemy wants a response from you and here's the response, here's our response to the enemy, you ready? Three ways doubt, questions and defeat that's how we respond to the enemy Because when he tells us we're nothing, our response is, yeah, you're right. Well, does God really care for you? God, do you really care? It causes us to question. And our response can bring us to a place of defeat. I've learned this in my life. And this is good to listen to today. Are you ready? Quit talking to the devil and start talking to God. When the enemy comes with all these accusations, say, devil, take that up with God because I ain't fooling with you anymore because I've given him my life and he's in control and then start talking to God. God, you're my peace. You're my comfort. You're my strength. You're my power. Here's the second reason. You ready? Second reason God tells us to shut up is this because we can talk our way out of our miracle. (laughs) You know you can That's stupid. Have you ever said that? That's ridiculous. I I I could never do that. Remember a name and it's stupid, but it's doable. You got to watch. Why are we walking and not fighting? Why are we not attacking? Why, 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 why? All the time we are taking ourselves further away from our miracle. Words are powerful. Words are creative and they create the pathway that we're going to follow. And I think there's seasons in our life where God says, you you just need to shut up. Don't quit responding to the enemy. Quit beating yourself up and talking yourself out of a miracle. Save your voice because you're getting ready to shout. Come on, you're getting ready to shout. Oh, but pastor, I'll never get anyone to love me. I never get the short line at the grocery store. (laughs) Nothing ever good happens to me. I'm not going to sleep now tonight. I'll never get married. I'll never have a family. I'll never be happy. Maybe that's true if you keep talking like that. Because what happens is when we talk, a lie becomes our reality. Shut up. Keep silent. Trust and believe. If you don't like the story of your life, change the theme. Change the theme. Joshua 6, 12 through 14. And Joshua rose early in the morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. And seven priests bearing seven trumpets and the ram's horn before the ark of the Lord went out continually and blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, but the rear guard came up after the ark of the Lord. While the priest continued blowing the trumpets. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. And they did it six days Six days, the same thing, no change. The only thing that changed, I believe, was a stiffer opposition. That the enemy was hurling greater ridicule. That the enemy was attacking them in a greater way. But God was just getting started. God hadn't finished yet. Verse 15, But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and they marched around the city seven times. In the same manner, shut up, don't say nothing. But on that day, they marched around the city seven times. Jump to verse 20. So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpet and it happened. I love those words, it happened. Come on, it's ready to happen for your life. Pastor, when's it going to happen? Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. You've got to keep trusting. You've got to yeah. keep believing. You've got to know the season you're in. Maybe it's a season to shut up. Yeah. But get ready because the next season is yeah. the season to shout. Yeah come on, you've got to do what God is telling you to do and it doesn't feel like it. And just shut up and don't talk yourself out of your miracle because save that voice because you're getting ready to shout. And the people shouted with a great shout and the walls fell down flat. Say with me, flat. flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Point number four, sometimes victory comes post-shout. What do I mean by that? I didn't say the walls came down and then they shouted for the victory. Yeah. The Bible says they shouted and then the walls came down. Sometimes you've got to shout before you break through. When you're in the doctor's office and they give you a bad report, sometimes you gotta shout when you're looking at a cancerous tumor or what they think it is. Come on, sometimes you gotta shout when it feels like your kids are breaking your heart. Sometimes you gotta shout when they tell you this is your last day on the job. Sometimes you gotta shout. Why? Because you're getting ready for a victory that's gonna come. Listen to me. The reason many people never receive their miracle is because they don't praise God through the struggle. They don't praise him through the process. God, when you deliver me, then I'll praise you. Come on, Job says, if you slay me, yet will I praise you. He said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. you got to put your hands in the air and you got to begin to shout. Well, what's happening, pastor? Just begin to shout. You you can turn around and say, it's good for pastor up here praising God. I see him praising God at the front. It's easy for him to praise God because he don't have a problem in his life. Yeah, Yeah, right. If you only knew. If you only knew. But you know what? The story, the message is not about me today. It's all about him. But I'm telling you right now, I made a determination In my heart. I went to LSU yesterday. I'll be one of the loudest people in the stadium. And you know why I'll be one of the loudest people in the stadium on a Saturday? Because I'll be even louder on a Sunday. I'm not allowing anyone to take my praise. I'm not giving something there that there's not something to God. I made a commitment years ago. God, whatever circumstance, whatever situation I'm going through in my life. God, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to shout. I'm not going to be silenced. I'm going to shout louder. You know what? Here's what I believe today. Are you ready? I I just believe this, that some of you need to stand and and just give a shout. Come on. I think we need a praise break in this house today. Come on. I think some people need to shout in this place. Come on. Shout with a voice of triumph. Shout in the victory. Shout, 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 shout. Shout, shout, shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can I tell you something? For the last four months, the enemy's been attacking my voice. That Most of the week, I have no voice. I'm struggling right now from here to preach. Because my voice is gone. But you know what? The enemy may touch my voice physically. But I'm telling you right now, if he takes my voice, I'm going to bite him. <laughs> Come on right now. And if he takes my teeth, I'm going to gum him. Come on. I'm going to shout for the victory. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Uh You better sit down or I'll never finish this message. I just want you to know something. When I'm standing here shouting at the front, I'm not just shouting for me, I'm shouting for you. Because I know you need some victories in your lives too. I know you're feeling weary and you know, maybe know what to do. And I'm going to shout for you too. Anyone need a miracle in the house? Anyone thanked the miracle worker today? The walls didn't just fall down the walls fell flat. Flat. That's really important because walls of that size, 25 feet, 20 feet wide, if they would have fallen down, they would have been a bigger obstacle than the walls were themselves at the first point. Remember when the World Trade Centers were attacked and the image that we saw? We saw piles and piles And piles of rubble because everything that was up came down and it was piled. It limited the rescuers and the people who could get in. And people were trapped. Why? Because they were trapped under all of that rubble. I don't know how it happened. Maybe the ground opened up and the walls went down into it. But I'm telling you right now, I don't have to know how God does everything. All I need to know is it happened. I just need to believe God. You see, the problem you have so many times is you try and figure God out. If you're trying to figure God out, then you're shrinking Him down to your way of thinking where the Bible says His thoughts are above your thoughts. His ways are above your ways. So I've come to say, God, some things I don't understand and I don't want to figure out because that means you're God. Number five. I'm almost done. Really. Number five, claim your miracle. The Bible says the walls fell down flat. And you know what they did? They didn't just kind of look in and say, man, what's going on? The Bible says they ran in to claim what God had. Come on, some of you need to run and get what God has given into your life. Come on, I ain't going to be denied any longer. I've waited for this victory for long enough. I'm going to claim my victory. It's mine in the name of Jesus. There's no denying what God is able to do for your life. And that's why it's called a miracle. Because a miracle is only something that God can do. got to close this message today. God instructs them to do one further thing. God says this, don't touch anything of the city. Don't take anything for yourself. In fact, the instruction really of God was this. Burn everything, destroy anything. And that which would not burn, you were to keep the gold and the silver. You were to keep and it was to be given to God. It was to be given to God. If we were to lay claim of it, Joshua called those things accursed. He said, if you touch that which is accursed, if you bring that in, you're not only going to bring a curse upon you, but you're going to curse the entire people of Israel. Number six, what are you holding on to today that doesn't belong to you? What are you holding on to today that doesn't belong to you? It's accursed. It's not going to bring freedom. Well, I've got to hold on to this relationship because all I. That's all I've got. If God's not in that relationship, you don't want to hold on to something where God isn't. Come on, what are you holding on to that doesn't belong to you? There's people in this house that are holding on to unforgiveness. That does not belong to you. There's people in this house that you're holding on to resentment. That doesn't belong to you. There's people who are holding on to bitterness, regret, fear, pain, anger, past hurts, disappointments. People are holding on to something. You know what else we can hold on to? God's glory. What do I mean by that? What God has done in my life is not for me to get the glory. It's for Him to get the glory. And that's what happened to Satan. Listen to me. He started getting the praise and he held it for himself. And he allowed pride to come in. And his pride began to elevate him more than he should be. I'm telling you right now, God's done a work in your life. You've got to give Him the glory. God has brought you through. You've got to give Him the glory. Don't hold on to it. Don't get full of yourself. God resists the pride. You've got to send it up. What doesn't belong to you must be given to God. Surrender to Him. Come on, what accursed things do you need to give to God? Because I'm telling you, it won't only affect you. It's going to affect your kids. It's going to affect your home. It's going to affect your life. It's going to affect others around you. You've got to give it to God all over this place. Bow your heads, bow your heads. I've got to finish, I've got to finish. Precious Jesus. What have we done today? Where have we been today? What, what has God shown us through this story today? Come on, we've realized today that we so quickly and easily build up walls. Because it's really not the walls of a city the story's about. It's the walls of opposition that you've put up in your life. And the walls that you've tried to hide behind, because I ain't going to be hurt again. Yeah, and you'll never be loved again. What have we discovered? There's victory in God. But God, I don't see you. I I don't see God says, go, trust, believe. So what do I need to do? Maybe I'm in a season where I just need to shut up and hold my peace. Because I'm trying to save them. I'm trying to make it right. I'm trying to do it all. Where God says, just shut up. Quit responding to the enemy. Quit talking yourself out of your miracle. And maybe God's stepping you into a season where you need to start shouting. Post-victory. The victory hasn't come yet but it's on its way. Why? Because we're going to claim our miracle. But maybe today you're still holding on to things that don't belong to you. Come on, if you're ready for walls to come down, would you stand all over this place? Come on, let's everyone stand to our feet right now. We're ready for walls to come down in our lives. Come on, if you're ready right now for walls to come down, you're ready for God to move. Come on, maybe you need to come and say, God, I'm just going to shut up. Maybe you need to come forward and say, God, I'm going to shout. Maybe you need to come and say, God, I've got to give this up because I'm taking stuff that doesn't belong to me. Come on, whatever the altar call is today, you know what? I don't want to list down this, that, and the other. I just want to throw it out there. Come on, if you need walls to come down, you need breakthroughs, you need miracles, you need victories, come on, right now, would you begin to come right now? Come on, right now, begin to come all over this place. Come on, right now, all over this place. Don't wait for someone else. It's not their battle. It's not their struggle. It's yours right now.